0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield and it is hard to believe we were just looking at the calendar. We've got less than well, a little over two weeks and a day left in the marketing year for 2023. So we're going to take a lot of that in perspective as today because I'll tell you with the holidays the two weeks are going to fly by very fast and I don't want you guys sitting back going huh woulda, shoulda, coulda. So we are going to talk about that. What we're going to see as we get ready to wrap up 23, but also we've got more weather talk about Brazil, the lull in the Chinese hog market. We're going to take a look at that as well as a little bit of chatter about remember a few weeks ago when they closed 26. 26- Farms in Utah when it comes to hog production. We'll talk a little bit about that. And it was green on the screen for the cattle today. We're going to get all the dirt from Mike Zuzalo. Mike, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. And let's kind of start there. You know, you brought it up. Hey, we're getting down to the wire and looking at the calendar.
1: We've just got two weeks from tomorrow and the marketing year is over. Yeah, and there's some pretty big things happening. And, and you know, we always talk, Susan, about how we're in an information overload commodity market. And it seems to be that 2023 has been an exceptional, <clears throat> excuse me, year for uh, information overload. But as you and I have talked about um, the, the overall and overarching pieces of the puzzle for the agriculture commodities, both in terms of funds and fundamentals, you know, in terms of what the investment class does, with commodities and, and a risk on type mindset versus uh the fundamentals of exports and supply and demand. I think the two major themes um with with an, another theme of Russia and Ukraine hanging left over out there from 2022, but the two major themes for 2023 for me has been about the Federal Reserve, when we, when will they stop being hawkish? When will they stop raising rates? When will they stop signaling to the bond market to keep going down and push bond yields up and therefore push the dollar up and also really push on emerging markets and their debt loads uh, that they're going to have to service because of our policy, our central bank policy? And then what about the U.S.-China relationship and the trade relationship specifically when it comes to agriculture? And we can sit here in the middle of December now and Pretty much say without something coming in from a black swan, black swan event or something like that that the, the Federal Reserve is now the hawk is on the nest. He, it sounds like they are ready to turn dovish in 2024. And so that headwind showed up today in a big, big way with the dollar falling sharply and the Japanese yen, the Chinese currency, the Brazilian currency, the Russian ruble, all finding a lot of short covering. Um, so that seems to be a headwind that's no longer facing us as we close out this year, and the U.S.-China trade really showed up in the export sales again this morning. And I do think that, as we talked about back during the National Association of Farm Broadcaster meeting in Kansas City about three weeks ago, um, the thaw that has taken place in the aftermath of that San Francisco meeting between the two presidents of U.S. and China—it's um, materializing because we saw China, the number one buyer in wheat this week it was a marketing year high almost 1.5 million tons china was the number one buyer that sale number was four times what it was the prior week um, also we saw 1.4 million tons in corn i think usda is opening up the idea that china may be looking at more corn from the united states in 2024 calendar year especially early calendar year and a lot dependent upon south american weather so here again, I think this second factor of U.S.-China relations, we've got more of a, head, a tailwind now instead of a headwind. And I think we really want to be on point and not let this information overload get to us and really be watchful of these markets if we would see some reaction to the upside, some potentially sharp reaction, I think, to the upside.
0: And you talk about everything with the Feds, and I was reading earlier today from another commodity a gentleman talking about We could see a big dollar break, as you just mentioned. Does that mean a possible turnaround in what we've seen in the economy, which might help the consumer confidence a little
1: bit? That's a tough one for me because I actually participate in the analysis. I do kind of suggest that one of the big reasons why the Federal Reserve changed so quickly in terms of their mindset and has had now three months in a row of not raising rates is because we are dangerously close to a recession, a full-blown recession. I actually think we're in a manufacturing recession right here, right now. And I think the Federal Reserve is wise to look at what's going on in Europe, look at what's going on in China, look at the credit card debt we are all carrying right now in the middle class, Uh, the the consumer, the the big consumer in the U.S. economy, the middle class, And, and also look at the debt load governments around the world are carrying. Um, there are some astronomical numbers that I've seen that poor and middle income emerging markets that are typically big commodity buyers. Um, they are carrying substantial loads of debt with much higher interest rates. And so their servicing costs in 24, 25 and 26 could be historic at this point. And I think the Fed looked at the, looked at the situation in its totality and didn't get hamstrung by their own comments that. We're going to kill inflation until it's 2%, no matter what kind of uh, path we leave behind. I think they were really wise in what they did. So I actually think we're probably going to see a softening of the economy uh, in the very near term, maybe uh, as early as the early part of quarter one.
0: All right. Because of time constraints, let's talk uh, weather real quick. Uh, What are you seeing and hearing when it comes to Brazil right now in this forecast?
1: Yeah, a disconnect in the market. And I think this is where the market is expecting for probably a third week in a row that week number two is going to present a real shift in the pattern for center west and northern Brazil. Um The, the models and some of the private forecasts that I look at and, and receive are not suggesting that at all. In fact, one of the newest ones I got out today I said that in the Brazilian forecast, warm weather conditions, quote, will prevail across Brazil during the 10-day outlook, widespread dry weather center west south southeast that's good for south and southeast brazil but not center west we
0: do have a lot more coming up it is the channel final bell
1: on the rural radio network Fontenelle hybrids and the other regional brands along with channel seed are merging in 2025 and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed Professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this, to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed Professional. KRVN.
0: Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as our conversation continues with Mike Zuzlow. Mike, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, I know that earlier in the week there was a lot of rumble out there about uh, the peso in Argentina and and what that's going to mean for their agriculture. And it's caught the attention and I think still continues to do so as we continue on in this week
1: it has and i think this is where the livestock market probably has had to contend with fresh china news coming out of the hog sector and also what's going on with this argentine devaluation and so far susan while it really bears watching because we're still getting fresh news out essentially as we speak so far the prices of grains upriver and the prices of other ag commodities that are out there for export have not really declined that much with this big devaluation. Now today and and, uh, and a couple of days ago, we're getting more pieces of the puzzle. The export licenses are now back online. The export tax for corn and wheat will go up 3% to 15%. The soybean export tax will stay at 33%. I'm hearing essentially right now that the major farm group in Argentina that has met with the government is quote, flatly rejecting this uh move by the new government to try and to try and get their hands around the debt load and the inflation uh that Argentina is facing right now. So it bears watching and I think it maybe along with the December futures expiration in the grains today maybe had a little bit more noise in the market versus what we heard from the Fed and maybe we'll see the Fed uh and their policy shift uh, play more of a, a a role here in the next couple days.
0: What's your thoughts on how the exports have been this week?
1: I think holiday exports are coming in nicely. I mean, I think that the, when you, when I look at the hams at seventy nine dollars versus ninety a year ago, bellies at eighty six versus one fifteen, and the overall pork cutout. At 84 versus 92 a year ago. Um, this explains why the retail side, along with the packer profitability, the retail side the last two weeks has been all about pork, but I think the next two weeks we're going to gear up for a lot more beef featuring and I'll be watching that cash market very closely. I think that we can get back into the low to mid 170s, uh, especially if this feeder market catches like it has started to it seems and i think the hog market may have put in a low because it looks like china's hog market in their futures market may have finally put in a low as well
0: so what are you hearing out of china i know earlier there was some afs concerns happening there um has that kind of died down once again
1: it has i think the biggest issue that we have to face and the market's been working through is potential liquidation on two continents here in the united states with the uh, the news coming out about Smithfield again in Utah and also uh, what's been going on with the large operators in China and their suffering and their losses that they've had because they increased their herds essentially during the pandemic, expecting demand to come back and consumption to come back. And it just hasn't. But I think it is bottoming out at this point because the government is pushing some more targeted economic stimulus into their economy to push up that domestic consumption
0: did you hear any i mean i know that it was in the news a little bit the talk of the 26 facilities um and uh, hog operations that were going to be shut shutting down but the markets didn't really seem from a hog perspective to latch onto it like many thought that it would
1: yeah I, I would agree with that and i think this is where i'm not going to feel awful comfortable about a low in the hogs until i see the hogs and pigs report because i don't want to see a lot of implicit excess liquidation pressure now last week's WASDI numbers did not show any real increase at all in 2024 pork production and i've got to think that maybe that had already been uh, that news had already been baked into those numbers or that the usda probably knew that that was going to happen but it's certainly something to watch here
0: what are you seeing uh when we look at these uh, cattle markets nice to have a, a turnaround with some upside to the day
1: yeah, I, I really think that the technicals and the funds, um, may become more of a friend to the market, uh, if we don't see consumption and a recession sliding type mindset occur too quickly after the new year holiday. And I say that because I do think that at some point the females are just not going to be there to go ahead and put in the slaughter. And we're hearing some pretty terrific prices for females right now. So it makes me think, why would you want to put anything into the slaughter? And, and mix unless it was dairy at this point. So I think we're coming to the end of those big uh, uh, kill numbers for the female side of the equation as we come out of the, the uh, end of 2023.
0: Which will be good news as we start to focus on 2024.
1: Yeah, so I think that's where we'll be able to tighten up that herd and start to price that in a little bit better. Um, In this weaker dollar, you know, 2014, 2015, our biggest problem was higher imports and lower exports. If we can break the dollar down against some of our biggest competitors and some of our biggest buyers, that should shore us up pretty nicely, I think, for January and February especially.
0: All right, great conversation, Mike. Best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Best place is globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's research.com. You can take a look at our product services and also get a two week free trial. All
0: right. That's this week or today is not the weeks, but this uh, day's channel final bell being brought to you by channel seed and your local channel seed professional. As always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell on the rural radio network.